You are listening to Inspired Caring with Michelle Magner, episode number 133. Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. Oh, hello. How was your Thanksgiving? I hope you had an enjoyable holiday. My mom and her husband were here for the week. We dipped down to see one of my daughters at her campus because it's my mother's alma mater. And it was really fun to take the campus driving tour with my mom and daughter in the car and have Maya update us on where all the buildings are and my mom sharing stories about what things were like back in the day in the 60s on campus. So it was it was very sweet. We cooked up a storm and are just resetting for this next round of holiday fun and excitement. I've been thinking a lot about the three pillars of caregiving. And I think about the timeline of caregiving and have been reflecting on what are the common denominators? What are the common denominators between each of the five phases of caregiving? And what are the common denominators between all of the people involved along the way? And the common denominators between each stage of the aging journey, the eight, how our aging family members are feeling And just what are the areas that feel meaningful both to us as the family caregiver and the parent or grandparent? And there are three words that keep bubbling to the surface, and they are curiosity, communication, and compassion. And what struck me is that we don't need these three C's just for the person or people that we're caring for. We must have it for ourselves. Curiosity, communication, and compassion. So I'm going to go through each of these. I'm going to share with you the dictionary definitions of the words and then just elaborate a little bit on each of them. So with curiosity, the two definitions in the dictionary are a strong desire to know something and a strange or unusual object or fact. And I think about um, The Greatest Showman and his show of curiosities. Curiosity, in my opinion, is part of the counterbalance for judgment. So thinking about any situation with curiosity rather than judgment will soften the edges of it. When my grandma masters was in the hospital, she was in her mid nineties. She had gone through this battery of tests. And at one point she said to me, I'm done. 
I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And she was aware that making that decision to not proceed with any additional ongoing interventions, treatments would mean the end of her life. And I mean, she had lived a fantastic life, beautiful life. She was in her mid nineties. Her body was not producing red blood cells anymore. Like at some point she just, she was a very practical woman, very practical woman. So she just knew that, that this was, she was winding down and they offered her one more blood transfusion did not know how long it would work for her. And she accepted that. And that was just the extent of what she was willing to do. And she was no, she was just no longer curious, no longer curious about, um, you know, what other treatments we could do, how to extend her life any further. She no longer had a strong desire to proceed at all costs, which is how our current medical system is set up is to just, treat, 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 treat. When the inevitable fact is we are all going to die. Like that is, that is the end game for all of us. So she took her blood transfusion and we sat there for what felt like forever waiting to be discharged. And I finally tracked down a nurse because I was curious about what the holdup was. My grandma was ready to go. I wanted to get her out of there, get her comfortable back in her apartment at the nursing home. And it turns out that every time they took her oxygen um, off her face, her, her blood oxygen level dropped down into the 70s. And it was important for her to be stable before leaving. But the the missing piece here was that she had COPD and she was on oxygen permanently. So I followed my curiosity about why are we still here? Like, why is this taking so long? Um, once we were able to communicate those details, we obviously got her discharged pretty quickly. And as family caregivers, we are tracking every detail. And we also have to have this bigger picture in mind about what the future may hold. We're constantly advocating for our family member, the people that we're taking care of. So curiosity is just really important. Curiosity puts us into the position of observer with our family member and of ourselves. When we are frustrated, angry, upset, it's so valuable to step into this role of observer and just get really curious, lovingly curious with ourselves about what is going on. And when we are observing our family member and lovingly curious about why they're doing what they're doing and what the deeper meanings may be, we just put ourselves in a much better position. So that is curiosity. Communication is the imparting or exchange of information or news and a, and means of sending or receiving information such as the phone or a computer. That is communication. Whether we are communicating with our parents, siblings, kids, our partner, medical professionals, or boss, it does not matter. Communication is critically important. We know that body language, tone of voice, like how we're communicating is so much more than the words we're using and that the words we're using are really important. How 
we receive information is different. So it's so fascinating to hear something that's been said and see how it is impacting different people really quickly. Um, some of us are visual. And so we need things in writing. That's the best form of communication. Some of us are auditory. We'd prefer that phone call. Um, we talk a lot about communication with texting and what a challenge that is because you don't get the sense of emotion. I mean, I've had so many conversations around a period versus an exclamation point. <laughs> if someone texts me, thanks, and there's no punctuation, that to me is a different meaning then thanks with a period or thanks with an exclamation point. Communication is so nuanced. Um, it's hilarious. So I'm just, I'm fascinated with communication and how when we receive pieces of information, it, it can be different for different people. In the book, The Four Agreements, one of the agreements Don Miguel Ruiz Ruiz shares about is not taking things personally. So there's communicating information with words and body languages and sentences. And then there's how we're processing and receiving that information. What I'm learning is regardless of how we communicate, those other factors at play with communication are influencing what we are making something mean, how we feel about it. And it impacts the trajectory of what it could mean for the person or the situation. So we can communicate information and then not all agree about the next step. Like we're all hearing the same thing, but maybe we all have a different angle on what that next step might be. How we are communicating our thought processes for each next potential action item step is really important. Communication is just so important. It's also important for us because we actually have to tell people what we need. We have to be willing to speak up and share what we are willing to do and what we are not willing to do. What is pushing us beyond our capacity and comfort zone and limit and we actually, you know, what we're actually having no problem taking care of and what we're just not willing to do. So I think so often people are just not clearly communicating or they are miscommunicating. And I will tell you, I had this interaction with my stepbrother in Colorado a few years ago, a couple of years ago, and he, he basically said, just speak clearly. Like, just tell me clearly what, I can't even remember what the situation was, like what you want or what's next or what we're doing or something. And I think I worked so hard to take everybody's feelings into account and to just really be PC and also, you know, make sure that I'm not hurting anyone's feelings. And so sometimes I'm not a clear communicator because I... I want to take everybody else into account. Sometimes it's important for me to just speak clearly and I'm working on it. I continue to be a work in progress. I get caught up in the moment too and get flustered and can ride emotions. And it does, it takes some effort and thought into <laughs> communicating clearly what it is I need or want. 
when I think about freeze, fight, or flight, I am freeze. That's my instinct. I can feel myself just quickly move like an animal moving into high alert, like a stick cracking in the forest. And I just have that feeling of like no sudden movements. And I, that's just where curiosity um, could really serve me as I'm working through my communication and I'm getting better. But I do find that I struggle with communication sometimes because I shut down in that moment. I'm frozen. I'm working on it, man. <laughs> I'm working on it. And then compassion. That is our third C, compassion. Compassion, the definition in the dictionary is sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortune of others. I actually do not like this definition. I feel very clear on that. I think the word pity feels icky. No one wants someone's pity. For me, with pity, there is definitely an undercurrent of judgment um, and authority as if, you know, if I pity you, it's as if something has clearly gone wrong, which is a judgment of mine of the situation. So, and there are obviously moments of suffering or misfortune on this caregiving path um, and when I think of compassion, I am I'm obviously aware that the definition of passion is related to the suffering and death of Jesus. But what we're we're talking about is just more than a moment. It's um, there's a long haul aspect to caregiving here. So I don't prefer that definition of compassion. When we are talking about life, the fact of the matter is we really are all going to die. That is not a misfortune. That is the nature of what we signed up for when we dropped into these bodies. So needless to say, I don't like that definition. So for our purposes, I feel having compassion is a loving openness for someone or the situation that they're going through. There's no directive or action item associated with it. It's just a deep connected feeling of love. That to me is what having compassion is about. Compassion is a bridge that connects our hearts. We walk over that bridge of compassion um, to understand, to see, to receive, and to be of service. When I was having the conversations with my father-in-law about the mo a move to assisted living, I knew we were not just talking about geography. We were not just talking about moving 10 miles down the road. I had compassion um, that he had been going through treatments for cancer that were no longer effective. That's a big deal. I had compassion about the fact that his wife of nearly 50 years no longer recognized him. Compassion that we never feel like we have enough time on this earth. It just, I, I don't, I have not met anybody who is dying and felt like, oh, I've had enough time. Like people can reconcile and come to acceptance. I think in most cases, the people that I have gone through end of life with, you know, they want the next Christmas with us too. 
was talking with one of my clients recently and she's a new grandmother, grandmother. She's recently retired and caring for her elderly mother. And she's curious about what retirement life will be like and feeling a little anxious to get things squared away with what's next, get into her routine. And there's just a lot going on in her life right now. And there's an emotional labor of being a family caregiver that cannot be underestimated. We are definitely going to be focusing on her dream retirement life. And right now it's okay to just be, to have compassion for the current moment and this chapter and this time in her life. The universe has provided her a space to be available and present for these full circle moments of life, new life, end of life, within her family and being present is important to her. Having some self-compassion is so important. She doesn't need to rush into what's next. And for so many of us, we're working full time. We may still have kids in the home. We are helping someone that we love through this tumultuous, confusing time in their life. And just having some self-compassion that we are doing the best that we can, doing a great job, the best that we can. We're operating at the speed of information is really, really important. We're cyclical creatures. We're seasonal in nature. We, we're not always meant to be in spring pushing forward, onward, upward, and growing. It's okay to have a period to reflect, go through the motions and just be. So having some self-compassion, curiosity, communication, and compassion. These are our three pillars of caregiving. And so when we're feeling flustered, angry, um, deeply sad or connected with love, like just reflect which of these three pillars is feeling activated. I think about you every day. I think about you listening to this, driving to work. Maybe you're crying in your car because you're so tired. I think about you getting on airplanes to go visit your folks, optimistic, a little worried about what you might find. I think about when the day comes that someone that you love looks at you and it is obvious to you that they are not sure who you are. And I would just love to wrap you up in a big quilt of curiosity, communication, and compassion. So these things don't feel as sharp and spicy and hurtful. You are doing a great job, a great job. I see you and I love you. And I am looking forward to being with you next week. I'm also a hugger. So I also just want to wrap you up in a big old hug. If you're not a hugger, I'll just tip my hat to you. <laughs> I love you. I'll see you next week. What I know for sure is that things are going fine until they're not. 
everyone wants to stay in their home for as long as possible. And then there's a fall or a hospital stay or clear signs of dementia or a diagnosis and remaining at home becomes questionable or potentially impossible. It is super important that you are informed about what assisted living and nursing home care can offer and understand how to choose the one that will best fit the needs of your family. I know from personal and professional experience what objections are going to come up and how to navigate those conversations. You love your family member and you are doing a great job. It just feels like the situation is fragile. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop and you don't know what you don't know. Illuminating Senior Living answers all of your questions and walks you through step by step each common objection and frequently asked question. This course will save you so much time and heartache. Imagine knowing exactly when it's time to move and ensuring the care and safety of your family member. Imagine knowing what specifically to be looking for in a care community and how to have the conversations about moving. Illuminating Senior Living gives you the roadmap so you're prepared. Click the link in the show notes, Illuminating Senior Living, to secure your video course today. 